0: Thank you for joining the Late But On Time podcast. This is a podcast discussing everything from parenting to politics and a few things in between. Brought to you by the SGT Collective. On tonight's podcast with your host, Corey Sargent, minus Donna Sargent for right now, we have a very special guest by the name of Joe Stevens. Joe, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: How you doing, guys? My name is Joe Stevens. Uh, I hail from upstate New York, Pekitsy. Um, I am a business kind of guru, self-acclaimed consultant from anywhere from this, I do if you like the show, from sports to politics to family to life to anything. It's kind of my nature, so I'm excited to be here and thank for having me.
0: Thank you for being on the podcast. So, uh, for our listeners, um, Joe was recommended by one of our, um, our first guest hosts, uh, Nicolette and i said all right uh have them schedule the podcast and let's um let's uh talk um and donna couldn't be here today, um as of right now cuz she's actually my wife actually wrote a book and she's actually speaking at an engagement right now about her book um but joe i know that you work for the new york yankees so tell me how Correct. did you get a foot in the door in the new york yankees
1: so it was honestly one of those situations that kind of uh to my lap and was one of those things where you you're thinking you're going for, it's for something else and a life hits you so my senior year of college um, I was the president of our sports Business Club at Monroe College in your show and my advisor came to me like hey uh, through some of my connections I have the opportunity to get us um, invitations to the MLB Sports uh, Diversity Summit which was About early 2016, it was being held in Arizona at the Diamondback Stadium. And to its core, it's basically like, hey, we need more African-Americans, we need more just natural minorities, and we need more women in baseball. So we're going to host this event, invite thousands of students out, and see where it goes. So as a 22-year-old kid that has traveled pretty goodly, but I've never been to the West Coast, I saw it as an opportunity. Hey, I get to go to the West Coast. I don't care for baseball, but it's a cool opportunity. Um, I wouldn't have imagined that it would have really changed my life accepting that offer. So uh, we ended up going to the school with a proposal like, hey, we want to send about nine of us out there. We're all seniors. We're all uh, doing pretty good in school. We're kind of looking to see where to go. The school pretty much said we're not doing it. We don't see uh, the return on investment and in using that money to go because you're going to get League schools. I'm from a small town. I had to grind and grit and get around to that today. So you can't tell me something like that. So I took that as a challenge, and for about a month and a half, me and my executive board basically raised about $10,000 uh, to pay for us to go to this trip. And all nine of us were able to go, and when you were on the way to the summit, you were emailed with potential preset interviews. So the goal was to get at least two or three interviews, so then you kind of off to a good start, and then when you get there, you'd kind of pick it up um, the and see how many you can meet. Ironically, um, I was lucky enough to get three preset interviews: uh, New York Yankees, the MLB, the New York Mets, and an MLB corporate on their marketing side. Naturally, from New York, been here my whole life. I love to explore the world. I wanted to leave New York. either go to Los Angeles, Florida, anywhere else, just to try something new. We um, ended up staying there two days. I fell in love with everything. At that point, for the end of the of this experience, I wanted to go to the Diamondbacks. I wanted to live in Arizona. I'm looking up two-bedroom apartments, like, okay, how am I going to make this work? Like, I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, Universe had other plans, so we, we ended up leaving. Um, I didn't get accepted by the Diamondbacks. The first call that I got back was from the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I was like, eh, Pittsburgh ain't my thing. I love Big Ben, so I, I'll give it a shot. So I ended up driving out there, um, had the interview, thought I did pretty good. Um, but then I got a call. week later, like, hey, unfortunately, uh, we can't offer you the job. Cool. No problem. Um, at the time I'm working at, I'm still a senior and working at Sprint at the time thinking, okay, I'm gonna graduate. I'm gonna continue to sprint and just kind of go from there. Um, kind of just planning my life from that point. And I remember one night I'm closing up the store. It's like nine o'clock at night. I get a random call from a Pennsylvania number and I'm like, who the hell is this? And I pick up and that happened to be, uh, my future first boss at the Yankees, uh, Mario. And he said, Hey, you saw your resume from Arizona. Uh, you we were told that you had a pretty good interview. I'd love to have you down for a second interview. I'm like, hell yeah, I, I didn't want to go to you guys, but I'm not going to say no if the Yankees called me. Um, so I ended up going down there to, to the stadium. Uh, what was told was, hey, this was an hour and a half, two-hour interview. I, I ended up being there for about six hours. Um, and then about two, three weeks later, I get called like, hey, i uh, not sure if you had any plans for after graduation, but if you do, we kind of need you to move them. We want you to start. So, June of 2016, as of right now, at 25 years old, I would say is the best year, of, best month of my life so far. My birthday is June 3rd. I graduated college in June 5th, and I started with the New York Yankees on June 20th of 2016. So, I'm going into my fourth year with the team, and it has been a whirlwind of just things I would have never imagined uh, being in a position for. It's a long-winded answer, but...
0: Yeah, <laughs> we, we we have no uh, issues or problems with long-winded answer, uh, answers. <laughs> but one thing I can say is my wife would have loved this interview because, <coughs> excuse me, she's a big Yankees fan, and I would have told That's you. All I got it with a game. And I would have told you go with the New York Mets because I'm a Mets fan. Really? Yes, I'm. A, I'm. Uh... I am a die-hard Mets fan.
1: So your house is fun I the season, I bet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I tell people all the time. Um, n- maybe next year, that's my slogan for the New York Mets. Keep um, it. Tell
1: me, one day it'll happen.
0: Yeah, one. No, it it's gonna happen one day. <laughs> I'm, I, all right. So I. Uh, funny story. Well, most of my friends and my best friend, who's um, a diehard Knicks fan, I I tease okay. him all the time. I'm like, "Why are you a Knicks fan? Knicks are trash. Knicks are garbage." Um and I'm here for all the smoke for our listeners who love the Knicks, right? Um right. but then he's like, Yo, you love the Mets, Corey. I'm like, Oh man, you're right. But but at least we're still better than you. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> right? right? But um <laughs> so uh you said that in the month of June you graduated, you got a job, mm-hmm. you've been um mm-hmm. um uh your birthday and mm-hmm. you you went to the uh MOB Diversity Summit, right? Um and it's a mm-hmm. it's a large or a big opportunity especially for uh people of our skin hue, right? So right. one of my uh one of the first core questions, because it leads into it, um, is what is your definition of ambition? Yeah. My definition of
1: ambition. My definition of ambition is really, I would say, knowing what your why is um, and pursuing that everything is good. Kind of explain it without kind of giving like a definitional term to it, but like for me, for example, my my ambition and my why is knowing that I used to be homeless, knowing that I used to have to go to fucking street kitchens and pantries and sleep on benches and then cars, but then also seeing that a little bit of hard work and dedication can get you to live in a good life. Theory. You're living in one of the best places in the city that you're living in. You're taking trips that you never thought you could take at that age. Um, just having that glance to be like, So, end of the day, you can't control time. That's the one thing you, you just can't control, but it's also your greatest asset. Um, because your life can change from literally 12 o'clock on Sunday morning to 12 o'clock Monday morning. Your life is completely different. And I feel like in this day and age, we see that so much. In terms of, for example, Kobe Bryant. If you look at the last 48 hours of his life, people would say that like that, that man was on his grind. The man went to awards. He was on He went to his school. He tried to get somebody else a job. Like he was on his grind every single day. So an hour before he passed away, the man went to church and prayed for other people, and was and still lost because time made on nobody's side. So for me, like, I, I keep my ambition going because I know, one, I don't know when I'm going to die. That, the year I was born, couldn't control it. The year I die, I couldn't control it. But the, that old dash in between, I have full control over what I do with that dash. So I wake up every day and I'm like, all right, bro, like, do better than what you did last year. Do better than what you did yesterday. Do better than what you did last hour. And so like that's what I keep my ambition going is just knowing that, this 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 space that we have isn't isn't guaranteed, it is not limited and you have to just make the best of it. You're gonna have bad days, you're gonna have good days, but that's just the
0: duty of life. No, I I I definitely agree with that. Um and ambition leads into um success, right? And success leads mm-hmm. into um, opportunities. So you've had, or you've been given this opportunity of working with one of the greatest organizations um, on the face of this planet. And I will edit this mm-hmm. out because I, like I said, I'm a diehard <laughs> Mets fan. And I think I you got to. Everybody on um, in Mets world wants to blame blame uh, Fred, not um, wants to blame Bernie Madoff for the Mets woes, but the Mets have always been trash in terms of their organization structure um, and they can learn a lot from how the Yankees operate. But um, mm-hmm. would you say your internship has led you into great things? And then the follow-up to that is would you recommend an internship for anybody out there? Well, so
1: it wasn't an internship. I, I started off just part-time. Okay, um, okay.
0: So I would. No, I'm talking yeah, about for so the was, um, for the for diversity summit. Was it like an internship? Oh, um, the summit? Yeah.
1: Oh, no, so it wasn't an internship. It was like um, just different clubs or different schools. Okay, where okay, They would just come out and bring people, and it happened to be like we had the sports club, so we were able to go. Okay, but okay. unfortunately, they don't have it anymore, but if they did, 100%. Because um, I can say four years later from that experience, My life is literally a one hundred and eighty from what I thought it would be when I was twenty-two to twenty. When I was twenty-one to Um, twenty-five, being able to see people of your skin tone in positions to where we're in sports, but we don't have to be the player. Um, You don't have to be the best athlete. You don't have to be the tallest or the fastest. And I feel like a lot of people, especially in the African American community, get get um, kind of lose lose that courage in themselves when they see. Okay, I may not be um, the smartest and I can't be an athlete, like, what else can I do? And it's just like, there's a lot of things you can do. You don't have to be the smartest to work in sports. Like, there's people who I've looked at and I'm like, yo, your job is harder than what an athlete does, and and you're making sure that they go. And it it, it was good being able to see, okay, when I look at baseball, I I think white, I I really think it's white. And to see that there are so many diverse people in the upper ranks of the MLB, it it was like, okay, this is good good to have. And to be able to start my journey with the Yankees, being one of very few of my own in there, is something that like you know I wouldn't trade it for the world. And if anybody has the opportunity, I feel to get into sports and on the business side. I highly recommend it. It's something that you're interested, in, especially at the foot in the door, because it can open up so many other doors for you.
0: Sometimes people are afraid of not being seen. Right. And I mean, what I mean by mm-hmm. that, and I used to say this all the time and me and my cousin, um, cousin, we talk about it. Shout out to Travis from Driven Society. He also has a podcast. Um, I would say uh, tell the listeners to go check that out. Um, but I used to tell him all the time, I'd rather be influential over being famous.
1: My man, you hit it on the head. I say that <clears> all the time. I don't care for fame. I just want to be able to to have an influence on how people think and what people and how we gonna make this world better. Exactly. At the end of the day, we all human.
0: Because I like, I don't see race. Mm-hmm. Because the people who sign the athletes' checks, some of the owners you know, some of the GMs you know, right? But a lot of them you don't, mm-hmm. and those are the people who are ac- <coughs> excuse me, those are the people who are actually influential. I re- I'd rather be behind mm-hmm. the scenes controlling things. They'd rather be in front of the mm-hmm. scenes and being famous because, um, like, so for, say for instance, Shaq, or even we brought up uh, Kobe, right? Kobe mm-hmm. made over two hundred million dollars in his um, career NBA career. 20 years. right? But yep. um, how much money did the person who signs the check make? Okay. It, it tripled. You know what I mean? So it's like Jeff Bezos, right? Um, he um, owner of Amazon um co-founder mm-hmm. of Amazon. He he's famous but he's influential. He like if you look at all the 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 hands or branches um from Amazon that they have a foothold in, it's insane. Now like he, it's it's gro- like grocery, like he bought Whole Foods, right? So now he's mm-hmm. dictating and controlling what you eat. He bought he bought the uh was it the Washington Post? Yeah, the Washington Post. Now he's controlling mm-hmm, and dictating media. what you read. So, And with he, Amazon, it already controls the information. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, for, for, for instance, Amazon, for some of the listeners that may not know this, Amazon is not afraid to lose. And uh, some of us are. Some of us are afraid to lose. We're afraid of failure. And I say it all the time. You learn more from your, your, vic- your, your losses than you do your victories. It, you, you shouldn't even consider it losses. Consider it victories and learning right. lessons, right? So right. Amazon, uh, there was this one uh, article I was reading. And uh, diapers.com no longer exists. Amazon basically said, oh, I want to get in the diaper field. And they, like, I don't know the exact price point, but um, diapers.com, let's say, for instance, they were selling a box of diapers for $34. Amazon said, all right, mm-hmm. I'll sell it for 15 And Amazon was losing hemorrhaging money, hemorrhaging money, right? Yep. And diapers.com could not compete with Amazon with the, with the price point of $15. So mm-hmm. diapers.com went bankrupt. Amazon then bought diapers.com. I yep. They destroyed
1: like, hey, for me, I got you.
0: They destroy the competition and then assimilate it into them. The same thing they did for um Zap Zappos. Like i got that it, You know what I mean? So I would rather be influential over famous any day of the week. So with uh you, you mentioned ambition. You mentioned you mentioned if you want to speak about it um a little bit more but you don't have to if you don't want to um you said that you were some of your ambition was um honed or 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 um by you being homeless right so one thing one thing i used to do and i want to start doing it again is um giving out backpacks so i used to with my own money i used to fill up um backpacks full of essentials that um homeless people would need. And the reason why I brought that up is because me and my mom we were homeless for a little bit as well, um when I was mm-hmm. when I was young. And um I would never want to like people treat the homeless as if they don't it, exist. It's, oh
1: it's sad. It's
0: sad. As if they don't exist. And one of the things um one of the things I was fighting against and I was like um real apprehensive about was filming or recording me giving a backpack to a homeless person? Because what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Am I am I exploiting their their um their need for uh, just likes or or my gain? Or am I trying to say, hey, this is what I'm doing? Does somebody want to get involved? Um, so that's sometimes where social media kind of it's like a catch twenty two. Um, but um. If you want to uh, speak a little bit about your homelessness, was it when you were yeah. um, a, a, younger, a younger kid or was it when you were in college and what made you um, so, want to change or get out of sorry, uh, the rut so, that you were in?
1: <clears throat> okay. So I kind of had things in different parts of my life. Um, I actually my, my birth itself kind of started in, in, in a homeless shelter. Um, I was born while my mom was actually going to rehab. Um, so that kind of started off in, in, in a, in a little weird situation and then growing up down from like foster care to foster care for a little bit until I eventually got back with my mom. And then with my mom, we were never like completely homeless, but we were like there were times that we definitely like needed something. Like I remember we had to stay with my sister for a little bit, um, and that's been kinda I got used to going to food pantries and stuff like that. Like I was never a person to where like I felt um Mad though about got it, it was, I just personally thought that like, okay, this is just normal. This is how things gotta happen. It wasn't until I honestly got older and I started seeing life outside of my just couple square miles that I was living in that okay, like this really kind of isn't normal. And then the second time was when I was older and I got to college. So when I left home, um, I have two birthdays: June 3rd, 1994, and September uh, September 6th, 2012. So, um, that second one is the day I walked onto my college campus. Um, because when I moved out of my house at 18, like, I moved. Like, I went to New with all of my stuff. I said, I'm not coming back. I'd rather literally sleep on the streets than move back to Poughkeepsie because if I stay in Poughkeepsie, the only option for me is really not that good. So I got to figure out and make it in New York like they say in the movies and make this shit happen. So when I got there, I, I really went balls to the wall, and there a, there's a point in time where I ran out of money. Like, I, I wasn't getting financial aid. Um, Mom wasn't giving me money. I couldn't work. And for, like, about a month, I'm sleeping in cars. I'm sleeping at people's houses that I knew on campus. Like, I'm just bouncing around places. Like, I remember I had a Planet fitness <clears throat> membership, and I didn't want to, like, keep asking my friends to take showers in their house. So, like, I'm like, cool. Like, I could work out. We'll take a shower. And I was just figuring out how to just make it work. And so, sort of, like, once, and after the fact, I was able to become an RA, which then paid for me to house and pay for me to um, um, eat, and then from that point on, I told myself, okay, let's not try to be homeless anymore. But it was definitely a humbling experience, and um, it just showed me that, okay, if I can make it through something like this at a young age, like, kind of try through anything and kind of persevere, and kind of speaking back to, not to fact check, but only the ambition question, like, like that too. Like, I like whenever I'm going to do something that I kind of put my ambition in test. I think back to situations that I know were harder than a position I'm at now and be like, well, I made it through that. Like, if I can make it through that, I can figure it out. And like, that's what I keep pushing myself for. Like, okay, these challenges, they're not losses, they're lessons. It's like, it's like you said before.
0: Yeah, so um, I would say that sometimes your adversity or things in the past, uh, they fuel who you will become. Um, It's either You You fight for it Or you lay down and just accept it So Mm -hmm. um, It doesn't seem like you You've accepted it One bit And you do embody What ambition is But one thing I would um, ask Another thing Not one thing but Another thing I would ask is um, Or a statement before I, I ask this question Is Um networking right networking is not only about a job so sure. it's not only about hey let me do this let me do that i would say you um you being um displaced or or homeless right it helps you network because you networked with these with these uh people that worked or um went to school with you right to mm-hmm. now say hey let me. Can I stay on your couch? Can I sleep over real quick? You know what I mean. And then you said, <clears throat> so that that I would say in 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 my eyes, that actually helped you out when you went to MLB Diversity Summit because you knew how to network before. Um, you knew how to you knew what networking was. You know what I'm saying. So it was like you went in there and you were like, No, this is what I'm gonna do. This is I already have three preset interviews and. I'm going to show them what I have and then you'll you'll build um, uh, little branches or or connections. So I, I I would tell any of the listeners build your network because your network will be your net worth. And then you can always leverage um, relationships. And I'm not talking about leverage relationships by using people. I'm talking about levering leveraging relationships to um one, you help the person that you're you're talking to, they can help you. Or say for instance, me and you are having a conversation right now. Yep. And uh if you say something like, Yo, I really love music and and uh music is uh I really produce at the end of the day, I could be like, Oh, well hold on. I know somebody. Let me let me connect you two. Yep. You know what I mean? It's all about energy and and, and uh um the energy you give off. But One thing um, next and it leads into my second core question, which is um, because of all because of your ambition, because of the networking you did um, prior to joining the Yankees and you being on the Yankees and you saying your first boss by the name of Mario. So it lets me know that you have another boss uh, who was who who was or is your mentor when starting on your career path?
1: So my first mentors, and so I want to first explain kind of my career path and like what my end goal is. So my goal is to be one of the best consultants to pretty much ever touch the space. And my, um, my direct kind of niche is going to be helping companies create more revenue, but by being better socially active. Um, my core philosophies, I love philanthropy, giving back, helping others, and just figuring out how to just market things in a new, outside-the-box way. So I've always been interested in business and just kind of any different field. So my my first real mentors to show me like yo what what not to do and what to do were actually some of my siblings and how they were in school or how they weren't in school. It showed me like okay like I need to be a little smart to gonna do X Y and Z. Uh, that's why sometimes being a baby isn't a bad thing, and I used that to kind of fuel me as I went through school. And then the biggest person that I would say had the hand at getting to the Yankees itself, his name was Alex Red, or his name is. Alexander um, he was my business teacher as well as my sports club advisor um, and he was really the person that pushed me to even kind of really even want to go to the trip and gave me some pivotal advice that helped me when I started as well as even helps me to this day and kind of keep him in, in the job because he's been in the sports world for forever
0: okay okay <laughs> alright um, but would you with with you having a mentor and do you have a current mentor right now who is who is helping you or even or even uh what what i would say is sometimes you don't know the person is your mentor and what i can say is is like you can see somebody doing something that you know is totally wrong and they can be your You're mentor right. from afar like i'm not going to do what they're doing because it makes no sense and I know it's not gonna benefit me in the long run, right? That is correct. So you said you flipped a whole. Oh, I
1: was gonna say, so I would say right now I don't have a direct mentor. Um, I honestly, I'm I actually, I'm looking for one. Um, I kind of what you said before. I look at other people who see are good in their field or that I want to do, and I try to emulate it. I watch like in, in 2020, I feel like there's no excuse as to why people say they don't have a ment, like a physical mentor. We have technology. I can't tell you how how many times I'm sitting in my living room bored, and I'm just like, yo, I'll literally look up YouTube just different things that I'm interested in, mm-hmm. and I'm able to learn. Like if you if you think back, let's say the 2010, the way that you're able to pursue knowledge today is it, is ridiculous how we're able to get it. So I tell people like even if you can't get a physical mentor, as much as you people want that to have that communication to have that conversation don't let that be the reason why you don't want to be successful or you don't become successful. There's no excuse for that. And eventually the right mentor will come along. Like you can't force a mentorship. Like you have to be both parties involved wanting to do it. And it just like, it it has to form naturally. But until that happens, you have to be your own mentor, which is really what I did for about going on seven years now. Like I didn't have family when I went to school. I literally went by myself to this day. I don't really have people I'm completely close with. And it does bother me sometimes. I'll sit here and say, well, with complete honesty, it's not the, the best thing. But at the same time, I, I will never sit here and say, that's the reason why I'm not going to wake up and go to work. That's the reason why I'm not going to get done. That's the reason why I'm not going to be successful. No, at the end of the day, I'm going to control what I can control. If I can't have a mentor during my upbringing to do um, corporate America, to working, through do grinding, mm-hmm. when I'm old enough and, I, and I'm established, I can return. I can be a mentor, though. So even though I can't be a mentee, I can still be a mentor. So either way, I'm gonna still make something work. <laughs> I'm gonna make something work out of this situation, no matter how, no matter what hand I'm getting.
0: That is a great thing, and it would have led into the next question. So you already answered that. Would you be a mentor? But one one avenue or way, I can say that you can probably um, partner with somebody who, who can be your mentor, or you're just in a collective of of men or uh, uh, professionals would be The Gentleman's Factory. If you have never heard of The Gentleman's Factory, The Gentleman's Factory is run by Jeff Lindor, who was an awesome, awesome guy. I met him um, one time, had a a nice, long conversation with him and um, one of my friends, and it was very enlightening. And I actually met somebody who was in the Obama administration wow. right so I'm just I'm just chopping it up with him and I didn't know who this guy was and then they were actually recording a podcast at the time when I went over to meet uh, Jeff and uh, uh, his name is Kevin Beckford so you can look Kevin Beckford up very smart intelligent guy and I'm trying to get him on a podcast so hey Kevin if you're listening to this episode That's I'm trying fair. to get you on the podcast as well but I would say look up the gentleman's factory. Um it's uh they have a location in the heart of Brooklyn and it's 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 a dope environment, right? I'm actually thinking or going to sign up um, to become a member of the the Hold on one no second, baby girl. So for your listeners for your listeners, uh you'll hear our third co host, which is uh Ava Sargent, our youngest. So she's asking for ice cream right now. But um, what I can say is The Gentleman's Factory, definitely give that okay. a look and see if there's something there that you would um, you can glean from. It's it's a great, great um, organization. Thank you for that, um, But what... And that leads into my third core question. What advice would you give someone trying to get a foot in the door of your industry?
1: In my industry, that's a, that's a good question because my industry can lead to... So many things like the people who I've seen leave here for example to the Yankees and the things they're doing now is amazing not to go not to go off topic with of a bit but for example uh, one of my favorite guys there named name is Davidson he I call him the king of groups in America I can I will bet my career on it that there's nobody in America on a sports team selling group tickets that sells more than this kid and after seven years of being with the team <laughs> Uh, for the last about couple months, he moved up to a assistant manager role. He was just picked to move over to be the vice president for an entire soccer team running their entire show. And that's just him working here seven years, not even 30 years old. He's a vice president of a brand-new soccer team coming the Queen, And those type of things oh, wow. have shown me, like, yo, thrill. real. Like, I remember my one of my first eye-opening moments was when it was one of my biggest sales. I, I was I just became full-time. I had a guy give me his debit card, and I made sure. I was like, yo, is this is credit or debit? He said, this is a debit card. I charged $40,000 for 20 baseball games it for him to sit with three seats. That moment was so eye-opening to me. Coming from the hood, are you hear money, 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 and drug dealers and all these people, oh, my God, flashy, flashy. But I've never seen anybody – in my life spend 40 grand that easy and that showed me anything is possible so going back to your question though of anything anything of is advice, possible i would say is one don't be afraid to fail. life is about to fail you you're gonna sell you can't learn unless you fail you can't show me one person successful who hasn't failed steve jobs was fired from his own company like it, it happened. Um, Yo, isn't that insane? <laughs> like, isn't that insane? Like, like, I said you, like you can't do that. Like you don't know, have it. Like if you can fire Steve Jobs. Like anybody can get fired. Like, that can't be your biggest failure or your biggest fear.
0: Um, it reminds me of the uh, of the uh, Friday. Uh-huh. Right? You get fired on um, day off. Craig got fired on the day <laughs> off.
1: You got, got fired on your day off. <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you. Um, also, um, just be hungry. Like know what you want and be vocal. Like. I work in sports sales. At the end of the day, I go be in, in sports sales. People are here. People can't help you unless they know what you want. From day one, I've been vocal with my managers, like, "Yo, my end goal is to do S, Y, and Z. My end goal is to do this," and they've been very supportive. But to speak out of both sides of my face, don't be very vocal, but you can't put the work in that they ask you to do. Because end of the day, if you can't get that job done. It don't matter what you want to do; it, it's not gonna go nowhere. So being able to be vocal, being able to, to, to be a good learner, um, and have having that hustle. Cause if you wanna get especially in my industry, I work in sports sales. So calling people every single day, emailing people every single day, meetings every single day, you're gonna get cursed at, you're gonna get yelled at, but you're also gonna have those moments where you made somebody say. I remember I had a client who their father their their father, her father, um, her father's brother, um, their he passed away. I was able to put together an event uh, on opening day, which was something they did for the last 30 years. Every single opening day, the family came out. He ended up passing away two months before opening day. I was able to put the event together, have the whole family out, get them a custom bat with his name on it, put him on a scoreboard. And for that 20 minutes of that experience, I saw the joy in their, their eyes. Like, you saw the happiness. You saw, like, they they didn't they weren't shy that he wasn't here. It brought that energy back, and and those moments kind of make their job worth it. And, and I tell people, if making people happy and, and is really what you want to do, then if industry is for you because it gives you so many opportunities to do that through so many different things. Literally, no matter what you want to do, if it's from the accounting side, if it's from the analytics side, if it's from the business side, the field side, there's so many things to do in the world of sports outside of being a player. It's ridiculous.
0: There is more than sports. More. LeBron James has that uh, that quote, more than mm-hmm. an athlete, right? Yeah. There's, so how I view it is that you can be more than an athlete. You don't have to run a football. You don't have to shoot a basketball in order to get money. You don't have to do that. Like, you know what's bigger than sports? Tech. Yeah. Tech is bigger than sports. Tech rules yep. the world.
1: You just seen it too. That fourteen-year-old got paid what five million dollars to play Fortnite. That's more than what some professional five
0: million dollars.
1: he got paid more than what some professional <clears throat> athletes get paid. Like tech.
0: Five million dollars to a play video a video game. game. And then, and another thing about tech is create something, mm-hmm. right? So you know why people get paid or people get uh, Steve Jobs is famous for the iPhone. Correct. But he's also created something that solved the problem. Because before the iPhone, the phones weren't really smart, yeah. right? So he created a computer in your hand. <laughs> and Smartphones are basically I computers. Say, that's a it's computers in your hand. You got a super computer. Yeah. And we under lose it. You you literally have a supercomputer in your hand. And he solved the issue. So most people who, who uh, are successful in life or successful and famous, I would say, or influential, um, they've solved the issue. They've solved the mm-hmm. problem. They try to identify what the problem is, and, and they solve So you mentioned hustle. Um, I was thinking about this one quote that um, I don't know who said it, but it also mm-hmm. rings in my head. It may have been Will Smith. Cause he's always talking about nobody's gonna outwork him. You might be talented, more talented than me, but you're not gonna outwork me, right? So the 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 um, the quote is: "Hustle beats talent when talent does not hustle." You cannot rely on your talent all the time, because, and I tell people this all the time. Like, there's some people you can see potential in them, and you want them to grow and learn. Um, like to see the CMO for. Um, Beats by Dre. He has a degree in biology, mm-hmm. but he was the, he was the CMO of Beats by Dre. I just I just watched that podcast. He was the CMO of Beats by Dre, and he has a biology degree. Mm-hmm. He he went on to get his 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 MBA, but he like you don't have to rest on what what uh what what you're doing that. right um skill can be learned skill skill is always mm-hmm. learned if you're ambitious and you're and you're willing to to work hard or you anything. can you can beat anybody right so skill uh listeners please listen to what i'm saying like skill is learned you can go in for a job and they say oh you don't have the skills for it nope i, I tell people all the time like uh if you want to learn what i what i do at at work i'll teach you i'll show you because when you go into this next um, endeavor or next um, uh, step in life, you, now you have another skill that you could throw in your resume. You're like, it, skills are learned. They're not given to you. Talent is, you're born with talent. You're born with uh, certain God-given abilities like athletics. And, and some people can just look at um, a person's face and draw them off the bat. Some people have to learn how to draw. You know what I mean, so um yeah, it's hustle beats talent when talent does not hustle, right you have to always work hard for what you want, and um I believe that you that's uh something that you're doing Thank you. um and I would say I would say reading is is a bigger is a big avenue as well i I'll get you ice cream in a little bit okay, booby. All right, go sit down. Thank you. As soon as Daddy's done, you're going to get ice cream, okay? Yeah. So, um, and I would say I'm over, I am love to read, right? I read, 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 because the more you read is the more you learn. Is there a current right? book you recommend? So, with that being said, oh, <laughs> current books, <laughs> yes. I can recommend. um book I'm reading now is uh, Leaders Eat Last. Okay. By Simon Simon Simic or Cynic. I can't r I always mess up his last name. I also have another book of The Infinite The Infinite Game by the same author. Um uh Forty Eight Rules of Power. Um uh there is Oh, you know where you could get great reading material from mm-hmm. as well? Uh there is um a YouTube channel by the name of the productivity game, productivity game. And if you look that up, yeah, game, it, um, breaks down books for you, um, in digestible sections and also recommends books. Like I, the next book I plan to read is the, the guy who used to run marketing for American apparel. He has a book by the name of, um, ego is the enemy. So I plan to read that as well. Like I, I'm just a voracious voracious reader. Um, but with that being said, I would say, what is one of the what is one of the books? What is one book you have read that has changed your life or your approach to life? One
1: word. Um, it was a book that I literally when I started with the Yankees. Um, it was a book that I just found around the office, and one of our, our vice president of sales, Kevin Dart, actually also recommended it. And the concept of the book is to whether you do it for a week, a day,
0: oh, the book yeah, the is, book one, is word. one word. One word. Yeah, name the, of book, the, book the name of the book word. is called one word. Oh, because I'm like, because <laughs> I'm like, what is Joe talking about? He said one word, and it's more than one word. <laughs> so it's
1: it's called one word, um, and, and the goal of it is to basically come up with a word that you want to strategically just focus on, like ambition, grind, hustle. Um, and my my word was, I would, like every month I would like try to pick a new word. And I would say for, like, the first year, I used that to kind of just get through stuff. Like, yo, we're going to discipline. All right, what ways can I be disciplined uh, this month? Um, hustle. Okay, what ways can I hustle and grind and, and move things going? I would say that was one of the books that just helped me start getting my journey into productivity books. And then another book that I just finished a couple weeks ago, is it Black Excellence um, By Charlamagne God was a very good read for me it gave me a good perspective into another African American's life that dealt with corporate life but also came from kind of my kind of background. Um, So it it was able to see a similar story to mine but from an outside perspective. Um, I would recommend
0: that book as well if you haven't read it. Okay, nah, that's that's, what's up. That's what's up. So we normally name our podcast after pop culture references but typically – african-american pop culture references and um one of the one of the um well two titles that come to mind right um for me right now is one episode for martin where it's go for mine mm-hmm. right so martin uh i believe he martin was about to land a, a dream job and they were telling him go for his but the but I'm not even going to name it that because after continuously talking to you and listening to what you're saying, I'm going to name this after a Nipsey Hussle song um and um album Victory Lap because you are very ambitious and you seem as if you're not going to stay stagnant and um you're not going to stay stagnant and you're 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 always trying to you're trying to grow. And one thing that made me want to choose this um title is because you were talking early and you said i changed a i did a total 180 yeah right and a lot of people say i did a total 360 which honestly and truly doesn't make any sense because if you do a total 360 that means you're back to the place where you started Mm -hmm. right so at the beginning of the conversation you said that and it let me know that you are smart, (laughs) one, you're ambitious, and you understand the concept of just the grind, the hustle, and just building. With that being said, because you can consider a grind, a hustle, um, the marathon continues, a victory lap, you can all consider those things a kind of a superpower for people who are just highly ambitious. So with that being said, I'm gonna ask you our last core question. If you were a superhero, who would you be? Or if you had a superpower, what would your superpower okay. be? Okay. So if I had to pick a superhero, ah, it's
1: hard. It's two. People are going to kill me who really know me when they hear the second. So the first one is the Flash. Hands down. Uh, as a person who – I'm, I'm a track runner, so the Flash in me is just like our Mount Rushmore.
0: So Victory Lap actually works, works for <laughs> –
1: <laughs> work dead-ass, you know, what I'm saying it's a full circle. So as a person I would say like personal um, I'm like the flash go gotta get it But then I would say like my business mentality and how I ground it how I hustle, I'm more of like a deadpool To where people people think may think I'm at I'm <laughs> a sometimes uh, Like I do things really unorthodox But at the end of the day like my heart is in the right place and what I'm trying to do is really to make the world better but I'm, I can't conform to things because you think it's the norm, If I think it's wrong. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it's right because people want me to say it's right. So I, I would say, out of the Flash to run the fast, but Deadpool, like, as an overall person, I think I, I, I really fit with Deadpool a lot.
0: Okay, okay. So that would be, um, so the episode that we dropped uh, this week, um. By the owner and operator of Gifted Apparel Um, His name is Kevin Shout out to Kev. He picked the Flash as well And um, So that's Barry Allen For people who don't know And there's other Flashes as well Um, There's Kid Flash, there's Mm -hmm. Wally West Even a girl uh, Flash Then there's the uh, Yeah Um, Jesse Mm -hmm. Quick Uh, Like I can go (laughs) on and on I'm a comic book uh, 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 Fan um, and if my wife was here right now, she would just make up her face, but she's not, so I could talk about it all I want. And you said Deadpool, so Deadpool is Wade Wilson, which is funny because Wade Wilson um, was was the original, right? And the copycat is uh, Deathstroke, who is Slade Wilson <laughs> from from DC Comics. They did a direct ripoff of um of, of Wade Wilson of um of Deadpool but Deadpool he's an anti-hero but he's also sometimes a villain but consistently he does do unorthodox things and he gets results. So um, I'm about to geek out right now. Um, One reason why he can't be mind controlled by Charles Xavier or anybody who has telekinetic powers is because his mind is always moving and changing and nobody can control him. So that is a perfect thing because you did say that you always are trying to change, you're trying to grow, and you're just trying to better the world. And the only way you can do that is think outside the proverb the proverbial box that everybody says there's a box i think we just place ourselves in boxes and we don't think um long term we, we rather think what's going to satisfy us mm-hmm. now um and i don't think that you are a person who is just thinking about the now you're thinking about now tomorrow and the future. And I appreciate you for being on the podcast, no Joe. It was uh, wonderful speaking with you. And we definitely, definitely would like you back um, to speak about just anything else you would want to speak about. Um, and we'll have our co host, uh, my wife, uh Darwin. I do want to. But once to again, for, thank you for I'll being the One more
1: point that uh, you kind of spoke on at the last. Yes. So um, you said people put themselves in their box and kind of thinking about the future you uh, said, and, we, and then, kind of going back to another question, you said, um, what advice? I would say, just like you just said, think about the future. Um, even though obviously we can't control it, you don't know what's gonna be there. I feel like you can't living in the now is fun, but also like live towards when you're when you're doing futuristic stuff. And, and my example, for example, is one little thing that I did when I found out I never knew what a pension plan was. For example. And I found out that with the Yankees, for example, after five years, you're invested into the pension plan. Now, how I viewed it was, okay, I get this amount of money after just being here for five years, When I'm 65, they're going to start sending me checks. I wasn't looking at it like it was my checks. By 65, I want to have great grandkids. That's their money. So it, in my mind, it was like, okay, in five years, worst case scenario, I'll be 27 years old. I'm still a baby but I just guaranteed my grandkids some money down the line that we don't know if it's going to be helpful. And that type of thinking, I think just helps you stay active and stay focused to where I literally think about that type of stuff all the time. So like my, like another, like, so that like always just think about like the future and just always be inquisitive and just want to learn stuff. And that's how I just do my life where like I just would do random stuff because I'm like, okay, I want to try it. And that's how I got to, to that point. But that's
0: it. Bye. <laughs> once again, uh, thank you for joining the podcast, Joe, with your host, Corey Sargent. And my wife would normally chime in, but she's not here. But once again, thank you for joining the podcast. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you. you. You guys have a great night.